0: glad you're here as we uh, have the class today starting a little late it's always a little later when we have the dinner day people trying to carry in their dishes and all the rest so uh, please pardon us for starting later but uh, we did and will and have but we can start now so let's pray Heavenly Father thank you for your people as they gather We gather to learn about you and to love you. Um, That is the joy of our lives. And um, we always get into trouble when the other pleasures that you give us have an inordinate place in our lives. And uh, we pray that as we continue today to consider the gospel, the good news, um, that indeed um, the joy of our salvation would... uh, it would be such that we couldn't help but rejoice. We thank you for the privilege of being called to be your children. Of having such a Savior who has Christ, who has died for us and continues even now. Knowing all the intimate details of our lives and working for our good. Conforming us to himself. May we find that joy today. And give you praise, for we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, uh, we had a great, great discussion as we tried uh, talking about and begin talking about what gospel living is. And, and uh, whether it's uh, living under the gospel or telling the gospel to others. Uh, rejoicing that we're saved, all those different things. But we began talking about the gospel. We started by trying to define it in one word, not two, and then uh, to see what a short presentation of the gospel would be. But we're going to not start with a question this week because you guys are so great at answering questions. Uh, that We're going to start with some teaching and end uh, with a question today. And uh, we're going to end the class a little bit uh, earlier um, than we normally would because I want you to have an opportunity uh, to see a short DVD. Um, It's on the uh, English as a Second Language outreach that we're going to be having uh, in the new year. Um, The training will be, I think it's the third weekend in October, third or fourth, I forget, it's October. Anybody have those dates down? It's in the bulletin probably. 23rd and 24th. 24th. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Pat. And so you'll get a sense it's just a very short DVD a video but a sense of of what that uh, what the ministry will be like as uh, we reach out in Christ's name uh, giving it's it's a wondrous thing how God uh, for us he scatters us to the different places we live to be his seed and bring the seed of his word but he is also bringing the people from the nations here And uh, by giving them the gift of English, you develop a relationship with them uh, that, if God allows, we hope will also be a relationship where we can at least introduce them to the Lord Christ and his demands uh, for people's lives and the good news that he saves sinners. Um, So this week, we're going to... um, talk about the gospel and try to figure what it is biblically, to go to the scriptures, uh, not just our own opinions, which were good last week and, and somewhat based on the scriptures, but uh, we're going to, uh, much based on the scriptures actually, uh, but let's, let's go and, and look at God's word today. The word gospel is, uh, is, is, a, is a rendering of the Greek Uh, in some form of the word euangelion, which means good news. And it's found at least 94 times in the New Testament. Um, It is what God uses to bring people to Christ. Let's look to Romans chapter 1. one of the things I'm going to be emphasizing over and over, while your testimony, while the individual personal story that you have in your life on how God brought you to the Lord Jesus Christ, that is not the gospel. And today, because people like to hear stories and are offended by the word of God, we tend to tell them our story And hope that they'll respond. Your story might be a great segue in telling them the gospel, but your story is not the power. It doesn't reside in what God has done for you. That is nice. God may choose to use that. But that is not the gospel, and yet we are afraid to offend people with the word of God today, and so so often we leave out the very word of God, and that is exactly what he uses to draw people to himself. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. You have to be convinced of this. You have to believe what God says, because it's not natural for us to tell people eventually what will offend them. It offends sinful people to hear that they're sinful. It offends offends people who like to be religious and do religious things to save themselves that their goodness that they believe they have cannot and will not save them. It never can. It offends religious people. It offends people to tell them that all of our good works are as the Lord God says in Isaiah, filthy rags. But it's not until they hear the bad news can they understand the good news. And so often we'll tell them the good news that Jesus can help them. And they think, okay, uh, I've got a big bank account or I've got a job. I need something else to help me, so give me Jesus. So when I'm in trouble, I get some help. But we refuse to tell them the whole story. So we have to just believe what God says. I believe one of the reasons that our evangelism is ineffective, or when people supposedly come to Christ and then they fall away from Christ, is they've never dealt with a living God. They've never been confronted with His Word and have to deal with it and be changed. Because He says that His Gospel, the good news that He brings, is the power unto salvation. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. shall live by faith the righteous shall not live by our good works or anything we can do we bring nothing to salvation except our sin and that needs to be forgiven and that is offensive to us until God works in our hearts and yet we have to believe that is the way we bring it. Now, understand your story of God, how God worked in you, opened your eyes is the very thing that will be part of getting to the place of bringing the gospel. I'm not telling us all to get the biggest Bibles we possibly can and go out and whack people with the word of God. You know, we're not. Of course, and that's, that's goofiness that has so often been done in the past. It's done through relationship. It's done through getting into people's lives and speaking to them. But, but beloved, very often we tell them our story, but we leave out the gospel where the power is, because we, there is a measure we're ashamed of it, we're afraid of what may happen to us if we bring that truth. What happened to Jesus when he brought that truth? What did he say? What happened to his people? and I've lived as a coward most of my life it's easy for me to speak very loudly and authoritatively here. you all want to hear it not to make us feel guilty okay there's so many as I'm learning, as I'm growing there's so many wrong ways we've done this in the past I'm not doing this to have you feel guilty you know, I, I just want you to understand, because it's gospel class, I don't want you to all go away afterwards. Oh, I don't share the gospel. Oh, woe is me. Now, if God brings you conviction of that, that's fine. But it, it should bring, I have this most joyous news in all the world of how you can know God. Of how the biggest problem, the biggest disease of a broken relationship with God that happened in the Garden of Eden that all men and women, boys and girls have, can be changed. The hope of the gospel is that you can know the living God. That, that, that the garden is restored because you have a relationship with the one who is eternal that you will spend eternity with. Now, the Gospel is described in many ways in the Word of God. And so I'm going to have different people uh, read portions of Scripture. And as you read that, I want you to be thinking, because I want you to tell me how it fits in. What is this portion of Scripture that I read? How is it describing? Okay, you're going to read it, but how does it describe this Gospel? The Gospel is, is varied. It's, it's described in so many beautiful ways in the Word of God. So I need people who are willing to read their portion of Scripture. So please raise your hand. And if not, I'll just call on you. Christian, you have Matthew 4.23. Ronnie, you have Mark 1.1. 1, 1. Joe, Acts 20.24. 20, uh, Lee, Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Matt, Ephesians 6.15. I've got two more. Uh, Ephesians 1.13, Doug. And Pat, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Now take a minute and read this, okay? We'll go over them again, but I want you to see the varied ways that God talks about this good news. We're not saying yet what it is, but we know that it is. That message is what saves people. Without that message, there's no salvation. Okay, this good news. And so, uh, but I just want you to see the various ways that the gospel is centered to all of who we are and what we are. And so the first one, Matthew 4 and 23, who has this? Okay, now when, when Christian reads this, he's going, to, he's going to read it, then he has to tell me how the gospel is described and, and, and maybe even why. So, Christian, you have Matthew 4, 23. And he went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among them. Okay, now that's certainly Jesus who was doing that. And how is the gospel described in Matthew 4 and 23? Um, as the kingdom of God. Okay. And uh, why do we need the kingdom of God? You are citizens of the kingdom. I think um, part of the gospel is the proclamation of Christ's Lordship. <laughs> Okay, and what is the problem with us now? and which kingdom we're in without Christ? Yes, when 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 they were when Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, and every man and woman since then, Ephesians chapter two describes us as uh, as children of Satan. Right, or the scripture does. We're in a different kingdom now. We need to be saved from the kingdom of darkness and put in the kingdom of light. And what Jesus was coming preaching, he was saying, I have a kingdom that's different than the world's kingdom. Right? The rulers of this world say, Obey me, follow me, give your lives to me. And he says, His kingdom's different because it's one of service. He dies for us. And so he doesn't lord it over us, although he is Lord, and we follow him, but his kingdom is different. And so his, he's saying, you all, all of you, you all, he was a southerner, no, no, it's southern Judea, but anyhow, he, he, he said, you, "You, all of you need to understand, you're in this different kingdom. Right? You need to come into my kingdom where I'm lord of it. I, I, I rule differently than this world, but you're not in that kingdom. And, and, and what are the mamby-pamby prayers of the world? You go to some, Oh God, we're all your children. We're all created by God, but <laughs> except through Christ, we're children of the devil. That's why Christ came, to we be saved and brought into his kingdom. We don't want to tell people they're in a different kingdom. But Jesus did. He was preaching the gospel that you need to come into my kingdom and submit to me and be my servants and my citizens. Gospel of the Kingdom of God. Mark 1 and 1. Who has, who has that one? Thank you, Ronnie. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. How's the Gospel described there? Christ's Gospel. The Gospel of Christ. Right? Exactly. Right? And that's what the Gospel is all about, Christ. Right? That, that we were sinners under the wrath of God... And we needed the gospel, the good news, that centers in on the Lord Jesus Christ. So a perfect name for the gospel, the gospel of Christ. There is no gospel without the Christ. There is no salvation without Him. And that's something else that we have to be absolutely convinced of, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And in our culture of tolerance for us to say that, is a blasphemy. And we don't beat people over the head with it, but we say, This is the truth. There is no other way. And people say, Oh, that's your way, and this is my way. And we have to be willing to say to them, With broken hearts, no. Your way is the way to death and eternal destruction. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's the gospel of Christ. With no Christ, with no Savior, there is no salvation. The gospel of Christ. We have to get that firmly in our hearts and minds because the world would say, oh, no, 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 no. You have one way among many. We cannot for our own Comfortableness with the world. Do that. Acts 20 and 24. Who has this one? Joe. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord give me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And Joe, how's the gospel described there? Well, I can say, on purpose, Mm-hmm. To glorify God with, but how is the gospel, particularly in that verse, talked about? Which is? Right. That it's not our works, it's the gospel of the grace of God. That is such a wondrous thing. Because we have to tell people that it's not our works. That's what, that's, um, you had Acts chapter 20, right? And is that Paul preaching there? Okay, but is Paul preaching there? may look at the context? I think it is. So what was Paul all of his life? He was a Pharisee, a Pharisee. He was under the law. Right? He was trapped in thinking that he had to wake up every morning and say, Did I fulfill the law? Am I good today? And of course, he knew that he was never good. Right? That's what your conscience tells you. And so Paul, Saul was such a changed man because, Joe, he, that what you read is so wondrous. It's the gospel of the grace of God. Not what my hands can do can save my silly, my guilty soul. All right? Wow, that's what we have. That's the good news to tell people when they wake up in the morning. They don't have to wake up depressed and overwhelmed. I didn't do this. I couldn't do it. Before I was a Christian, I felt that way because I was a boy scout. And I had 12, 10 points to the scout law or 12, whatever it was. The scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, three fifty brave, clean, and reverent. And I would wake up every morning knowing I wasn't those things. When I look at the law of God and what God calls to me, I wake up every morning saying, I'm not those things. But when I look to Christ, my Savior, He is. And He's making me all those things. Now, Lord, what can I do today? Rather than saying, oh, Lord, I've got to be and do these things. No, Christ has already done them so it's a wondrous thing to have joy every morning and say, oh Lord, what can I do? How can I serve you? You're so wondrous that you've given yourself for me. Oh my, the gospel of the grace of God. That is such good news because religion is always what you can do for God. And you can never do enough to be perfect for a holy and righteous God we are always found wanting and depressed because of it but the joy is the gospel of the grace Christ has paid it our past sins our present sins and our future sins oh my, what wondrous what wondrous truth Romans 1 and 1 who has that one? okay, Lee Okay. And this is not just the grace of Christ but God from the foundations of the world was working on this good news to redeem his people the Bible from beginning to end is a book of redemption it's a book of the gospel because before it was ever written and creation was happened and Adam and Eve sinned it tells us in the scriptures that God knew it because he's omniscient and he knew that we were going to sin and before the scriptures were ever written he planned Christ to die for us before Adam and Eve ever sinned and you know one one thing that's just amazing is that the angels in heaven can't understand the gospel of God they can't let me tell you why they can understand it intellectually I think angels are pretty smart, the best I can tell in the Scriptures. They can understand that there are sinners, and Christ died for them in their salvation, but the angels in heaven never sinned. So they don't know what it is to be guilty. They don't know what it is to be under the wrath of God. And so they can rejoice when sinners are saved, but they can't rejoice as we rejoice being saved. Because they've never sinned. So the gospel of God, that God loved us so much that even before we ever sinned, He provided our Savior. Oh, what a God we have. What a God we have. All right. Ephesians six and fifteen, the good news, the gospel of God. Okay, Ephesians six fifteen. Who has that one? Matthew. Yeah, this is the this is the uh, portion of scripture that talks about the armor, right? The armor of God that we need in the spiritual battle we have every day, and he's saying, put on all this gospel armor. Alright? We need it every day. When you, when you get up and preach the gospel to yourself and say, Okay, Lord, I'm forgiven. I'm yours. i got to get out in the battle now. You get this armor that he gives you for the spiritual battle that we have in the world. And one of it is the gospel, the good news of peace. And that peace is, is there no longer an enmity with God. That every accusation that Satan, who is named the accuser of the brethren, every accusation that that the devil and the world brings against you, you say, I'm covered. Christ has died. I'm worse than you know. You saw me do this. Well, in my heart, I was doing this. But Christ has died for me. That's the good news. That I'm at, God is not at enmity with me. He's not going to bring his wrath upon me. But I'm his child. And he's working all things together for my good. Even those things that tear us apart. Because he's not. We, we tend to think when we have bad things happen, wrath is coming, God's mad. He says, no, no, no. It's the good news that, that peace I'm working this because I love you. I'm your father. You're a child. You don't understand. I, I can't even explain to you because you're a child and I'm dada. You don't have the ability to understand how this is good. But it is good. I love you. I'm at peace with you. I want your goodness. I want good for you. Ephesians 1 and 13. Doug. In him, that is Christ, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, We're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's called the Gospel of? Truth. Gospel of your salvation. Yeah. It's the word of truth. Word of truth. There is no gospel in your testimony alone. Okay? The testimony is a result of God's working the gospel. Use your testimonies. But most of us stop there and don't bring in the very power they gospel of our salvation. The good news that we were sinners, Christ died for us, and we repent and believe in him, we are saved. It's the gospel of our salvation. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of glory of Mm. So the light of the gospel. Light of the Not available to unbelievers, but to us, to see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ is that light through the image of See, we think because we have had our eyes opened with the gospel of Christ, the glory of Christ. We think he's glorious and wondrous, but the world does not unless their eyes are open. So when we bring this truth, one of the things we're praying for is, God, would you open their eyes? And he may or may not, right? That's God's business. He's called us to be gospelizers, to go with the good news. The good news is the scripture. Your testimony is a nice part of what the scripture's done. But it's the gospel. It is the word of God. It's all these different things, right? What what glorious pictures we have of it? Do you think about how wondrous the gospel is? No, I don't. <laughs> this is so good for me. Cause the gospel's old hat to me. Not like it used to be. It's different because I'm enjoying it every day but but I I forget what it was like to live in darkness I forget what it was like to know I'm loved and cared for and, and that no matter what I face that this isn't all I don't have to hold on to the things here I don't have to hold on to my house I don't have to hold on to my bank account I don't have to hold on to my my life I don't have to hold on to my wife's life my child's life Jesus says, you can't come to me if you hold on to anything. If mother or father or children are more important? And that's part of what the conference next week and the persecuted church is all about. Because people through the ages and today are losing all of those things, but they hold Christ as more worthy and more precious. the gospel was preached throughout the whole New Testament and we're going to look at that now so let's just look at a couple different places I need someone to read Mark 1 4 and 15 someone? Mark 1 4 and 15 Mark, great, thank you Acts 16 and 10 Acts 16 and 10 Uh, thank you thank you Stephen Acts 8, 1 through 4 uh George great uh George that's a perfect one for you, so not yet, but that eight you have eight, one and four, but it's where we are today okay um mark one, fourteen, and fifteen. who has that one? I gave it to someone I know I did oh Marg. thank you I'm sorry. <laughs> mark mark one fourteen, and fifteen. Um, now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And believe in the gospel. So certainly, Jesus preached the gospel, the good news, right? And so we understand that our Savior is the one preaching that, and that's what we should preach if Jesus preached it. But now in Acts chapter sixteen, we have Paul and the apostles. Who has that? Sixteen ten. Thank you, Stephen. And when he Paul had seen vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, so it's not just Jesus, the uh, founder, uh, the one who died for us in the New Testament, but it is uh, those who would be his apostles preach the gospel of God. But now I want you to see who else preaches the gospel. Um, one of the reasons this is good for George, I don't know if you know it, George is a volunteer with the uh, Voice of the Martyrs, uh, one of his. Things that he's been called to serve in. And so he's been different churches speaking about the voice of the martyrs and the persecuted church throughout the world. He would be glad to tell you about the conference next weekend if you want to find out more about the persecuted church. But this scripture fits perfectly for that. So, George, if you'd read as loud as you can, Acts 8, 1-4. Saul approved of the execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged out men and women and committed them to prison. Verse four. Now those who were scattered went forth preaching the word. Now in Mark chapter one, Jesus was taking the gospel. In Acts sixteen, Paul and the apostles were taking the gospel, but in Acts chapter eight, who now takes the gospel? Uh, Not Paul, because Saul was killing Christians at this time. Later on, soon, the next chapter, you're very close. Who takes it? the scattered Christians not just Jesus not just the apostles but everyone who was in Christ went gospelizing they were scattered and the very thing that they were being killed for that Stephen was now killed for for gospelizing giving the good news the power of salvation as they were scattered and persecuted instead of shutting their mouths what did they do? They did the very thing that would kill them. They got Stephen killed, that they were being persecuted for. And that's why the church grew. Tertullian, one of the church fathers, the blood of Christians is the seed of the church. It always has been. Where is the church growing dynamically in this world today? In the East, the global East, Asia, China, India, where else? The global South, Africa, Latin America. where is the mo- where are Christians dying like crazy today? Those very places. They're gospelizing. It's not just the New Testament, but I want to take you to the Old Testament. Because the Bible is one. It's one book from beginning to end. We don't have time to go over a lot of places right now. But I want to show you the very first picture of a gospel we find in Genesis chapter 3. Now, it's somewhat in hidden form for us, but we who know the Scriptures, we know the story of redemption from beginning to end as we read the Scriptures, the Bible, we find this proto-evangel, this proto-good news, this first good news, the first hint of good news in the Scriptures, and it happens right after Adam and Eve sin, right immediately after they sin and they're finding out the consequence of their sin, God has good news for them. Genesis chapter 3, 15. I'll start with 14, so that you see the, the, uh, the, the uh, part of the curse of sin of Adam and Eve. Genesis 3:14. The Lord God said to the serpent, "'Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock.'" Above all the beasts of the field, on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, that's unpacked in the Scripture. What it is, is God is talking to the serpent, Satan, right? And said, there's going to be this battle that's going on all throughout the Scriptures. And your seed, sinful men, the men of the kingdom of this world, are going to take the coming Savior, the seed of God, and you're going to bruise them on the heel. You're going to make this... He's going to, he's going to be hurt significantly. And that's what happens to Christ on the cross. He dies. But in three days, He's raised. And when Christ is raised, He takes care of sin and death for those are His people. And He has put the, the death blow. He has taken that heel and crushed Satan's head now. So that we no longer will be in Satan's kingdom, but we are redeemed by our risen Savior. Now... Just read this without the rest of scripture. It's hard to, to see all this. I don't have enough time to develop. But right immediately, immediately after this happens, we have that. And then what happens next? That's a picture of the gospel. What happens right after this? What does God provide? Huh? He provides. They're naked. And He sheds the blood. Of the animal, and gives them clothing to cover them. Just another picture of our coming salvation. The gospel in the Old Testament. Let's look also to uh, Genesis fifteen one to six. This is where Abraham. You know, people say, how were the Old Testament saved? People in the Old Testament saved, right? Um, It was by their works, wasn't it? They had that Ten Commandments, that law stuff. Didn't they have to keep that? And even before the law is given, we find out that salvation comes in a different way. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. Follow along with me. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not Abram, for I am your shield, you shall reward your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, Oh Lord, what will you give me? For I cannot continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Because of time, we didn't go to Genesis 12, where the promise was given that Abraham would be given a child and a seed, and he would be given a nation, and he would be given children and all this. So we're starting right, but that's the promise that was given. And from that child, uh, the Savior, the Messiah, would come to bless the nations. Verse 3, and Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very, this, excuse me, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And He was talking about this child that he had with the, the other lady. And he brought him outside and said, Look towards heaven and number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to them, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. He believed that God would give him a seed, a seed of the children he would have, but one of those children in particular who would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, still in the Old Testament, we're still in Genesis the story is just unfolding but the New Testament tells us what this story is I'm not just uh, pontificating here and saying, oh don't you see these dark pictures here let's go to the New Testament that we might see this Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Paul the Apostle. And we'll start with verse 7. Galatians three seven to nine. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the, the gospel. That's what we were finding back there in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17 where the covenant's given. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Martin Luther says this It cannot be denied but that God before the law was gave unto Abraham the inheritance or blessing by promise the gospel that is to say remission of sins righteousness, salvation and everlasting life that we should be sons and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ and that was looking to Christ the one who would save us the seed, the promised seed to come um I had other things to do today, but we're not going to. We're out of time because I want you to see uh, the video. I'm going to pray here, but I want you to, before the class is over, I want you to see this video on ESL. Maybe God would, as you see this ministry will developing, give you a heart to pray for those who will be working in it. Um, This is no light thing. It's an opportunity we have to love others in Christ's name and bring them the gospel also. But but it might also, at this late moment, you might say, I can do that! Maybe you uh, should be added among those who could serve this way. Um, this class, I just want you to understand, if we go away from here hound dog and go, Oh, I don't share the gospel. Then... then God hasn't answered my prayers. I want you to go away from here week after week. Oh, the gospel of the grace of God. Gospel of peace. God is no longer angry with me every day. He's my heavenly Father who loves me. And even though I don't understand it, Even though I don't understand why our finances look this way right now. Even though I don't understand why I might not be there to see my grandchildren. Even though I don't understand why that's happened to my child. It's good news. I have peace with God. And the hope of the gospel is to know Him good our Father would you work with us would you give us the hope of our salvation that you are our treasure and pleasure you are glorified in such a way and no other way than when we find our joy and our pleasure and treasure with you that you indeed are most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with you May we encourage each other. May we speak these truths to one another. Because we live this side of glory. We see the kingdom of God only in part now. We're still in the kingdom of this world. We still sin and are being sinned against and live in a world that is corrupted and broken and, and uh, affected by sin. And so we, we have the afflictions of sin. But oh God, show us Christ who is risen who is always ready and calls us to come to your throne with boldness now because of what he has done for us, that we might find grace and mercy and abundance to help in time of need. Amen.